Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba da ba ba ba. Blog Talk Radio. Wake up everybody, no more sleeping in bed No more back to thinking, time for thinking ahead The world has changed so very much from what it used to be There's so much hatred, war and poverty Then they'll listen to what you have to say They're the ones who's coming up And the world is in their hands When you teach the children To jump the very best can The world won't get no better If we just let it be na 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 Gotta change it, just you and me. Wake up, all the doctors, make the old people well. They're the ones who suffer and who catch all the hell. But they don't have so very long before their judgment day. So won't you make them happy before they pass away? It's time to build a new land I know we could do it If we all lend a hand The only thing we have to do Is put it in our minds Surely things will work out They do it every time The world won't get no better If we just let it be Everybody, 
Greetings, everyone. You are listening to Myron Rice, my way of truth to power, and my name is Beverly D. And I just want to say that the information that you hear today, no one is giving out uh, legal advice or professional tax information. We're just giving you opinions, and we are giving you uh, information from their sources, their manuals. So, Mr. Rice, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm fine. How do I sound? I got myself we, on speaker. Okay, we can hear you. Okay, I don't get this. This uh, uh, you know, my motor went out on me a couple of days ago. It looks like now it's so slow. You know, but we look like you're still trying to get in on uh, Google Voice. But anyhow, we're going. We're running today, and um. I also want to say that I'm not giving you any tax advice here. You know, it's a suggestion. Actually, this is a dream that I had, and I'm really recommending that people might need to look into this. So I'm pointing to something that I don't think has ever been done, but it was something I feel was a gift given to me. I ran it by my group this morning, and they like, oh, my God, I think Mr. Rice had hit on something here. So what we need to do to help everybody to follow what I'm going to talk about, and this is dealing with uh, taxes of uh, the 1040. They want to get a, get the well, they got a new 1040 out um, for 2019. You need to be looking at a 1099 OID form. You're going to be. I want you to bring a, some codes up. One is 26 USC 6049. And, again, of course, the big one is IRS Publication 1212, page 7. So what, and um, some things that we're going to be, that if you have it in your possession, uh, go get your credit report. If you got your credit report from all three of the credit bureaus, that might be something, that's definitely what we're going to be talking about today. And uh, there's some forms that you want to need to order for this process. One is a, 10, a 1096. You're going to need some uh, 1099As and, of course, some 1099OIDs. They must be scanned in, so you must order them from the IRS. I know some people tell me I download them, but I understand there's a penalty, or they may not even take it. So these are forms that you definitely need to order. Whether you do this or not, you should have these forms available. And what we're talking about is assessing, and assessing means is to report it to the IRS. We're going to assess these accounts and this, these funds that was taken out of our estate. And anything that's taken out of your estate is called interest income, as opposed to the other income is capital gains. Capital gains is when someone has given you something out of their pockets. An example would be, uh, restaurant, um, the um, barmaid, or you got a rest of waitress, you gave them a tip. A tip would be a capital gains, and they have to report those uh, capital gains on their taxes. But what we have, what's normally happening to the ordinary man who's working for a company that has issued a W-2, and I think it was, what, two weeks ago, I apologize for last week, it just Totally went by me. But two weeks ago, we talked about you have to correct that W-2. It says wages and income. Wages is another capital gain. 
and you put in, if you plug your clock, if you on a time on a on some kind of timetable, blood, sweat, and tears of your labor, labor is also a tax exempt. That means whatever you put in labor, you are to get it back a hundred percent. So if by by them sticking in that word wages income. And by you going in and filling out a 1040, and the first line is W-2, wages and income, ah, ah, you're not supposed to be filling that line in. It is not wages and income. You're doing labor, labor charges. Labor charges, again, are not taxable. In the earlier tax form, there used to be on, on line um, 65 where it says payment. But I hear now on a new tax form we looked at this morning is number nine, line 17. So you really need to bring up, for those by the computer, and we know when we come to Myron Rice's show, you need to be prepared and have the Internet next to you so you can download these forms and look at them. And you should be looking at a 1040, and the line 17 talks about, oh, I don't know, Misplaced it. You got one on, on you got a, a 1040 yet near you? Yeah, I'm looking at it. Fe- 17 is federal yeah. income tax withheld from form W 2 and 1099. Okay, there you go. Federal uh, uh, income, federal income withheld. That is basically anyone who does taxes would tell you federal withholding, federal withholding is again. Uh, totally 100% refundable. That's why when you use it in, on the earlier forms, back in before 2018, they had that, that line 65, which read what she just read. There were no deductions or anything that followed. The next section was refund. So that base, that means that whatever's on line, that line 17, or what it used to be back in line 65, is not taxed. It's not tax, or so whatever you put on that line comes back. OIDs, which is actually OIDs, as we talked about earlier, is in the same tax class as a W-2. And we yeah. spoke about what a W-2 is. You had a question? No, they got them right here, so that lets you know. They both yeah. are saying both, W-2 and 1099. But they, but they're looking at your W two. There's a box that says federal withholding, and they're looking okay. at that withholding box that's on your W two. But we're telling you the whole W two is actually a federal withholding. So you're saying that if a person made sixty thousand last year, that whole sixty thousand. Yeah, that that should be on that line because that was interest income, and and uh, it was considered your labor. You you labored for that fund. You didn't sit there and no one gave it to you as if it was some kind of plus that someone gave you out of their pocket. Your employer took your wages and and deducted it out of your your birth certificate and gave it to you. In other words. You paid for you to work for yourself. You paid yourself to work. And at the end of the year, to avoid 
paying taxes for to avoid your employer doesn't want to pay taxes. He withdrew money out of your state to for him to avoid paying taxes on that on those wages. He has reported to the IRS on that W two stating that this is what he took out of your estate, and he's giving you a carbon copy of it so that you can report it to the IRS. The problem is we're reporting it wrong. Hmm. We're reporting it as wages, and it's not wages. It's labor. And you have, that's why two weeks ago we talked about the W2C, correcting the wages to labor. That is what the W2C is, a correction. Now, when you take, when you go to H&R Block and you tell these people this, you know, they're going to want to do it the way that them people showed them how to do it. So uh, you got to tell them, no, I want to do it this way. So again, yeah, yeah, you have to tell them. And, and personally, you if these were people that you had to your taxes in previous years, you really need to sue them for fraud because they're sitting there and making it as if it is. Because you see their deductions. If you put it on line one, on the, on the 1040, and then you go down to the other lines, they give you tax rates, they give you all of these things, but see, they're giving you tax rates as if you are uh, single or married or some of these other ones, when, uh, and when the bottom line is you are an estate, and the IRS says that, that you are an estate. You are an uh, infant is a decedent of a state. And that is in the Internal Revenue Manual, again, 21.7.13.3.2.2, number two. An infant is a decedent of an estate. So why are they putting you on an individual tax form or they're putting you in a section above the top part of it where there's deductions as if you have made uh, some kind of a profit. You're not making profits. Capital gains is someone who's made profits. You're not making profits. You paid yourself. Why would you sit there and pay taxes on something that came out of your estate in the first place? And the W-2 is an OID. And we've been talking about OIDs with the banks because you give them a check, they sit there and they take funds, out. they send it to the to the uh, Federal Reserve Bank, and the Federal Reserve Bank takes it to the treasurer, and they get funds out of your estate. Actually, they get now, ten times, ten times what it is, what the check is. Now, this doesn't this doesn't work the same way if you work for yourself. Let's say you're giving a service, and and a person paid you for your service. I mean, it's still. Um, you still yeah. your labor. And we we have to work on it because they, they didn't take anything out. They pretty much paid out of their pockets and gave you an income. But, again, still file it as a inch, as a uh, an estate. Your, your business as an estate or an EIN or a trust, you know, your business should be a trust or an estate mm-hmm. and, or a trust. And then you find out. Under Title 26 U.S.C. 1, 
that a trust and an estate is have a whole entire, entirely different tax rate. So you'll be filing under a different tax rate, even though your business has a, has, you know, you have, let's say you got a landscaping business or whatever, mm-hmm. and it makes, it has its own EIN number. But when you file your taxes, you will be putting that business under the estate. It's like a wife filing under her husband or the children filing under their husband. It doesn't matter how you file it and if it's filing under someone, just mm-hmm. as long as it get reported. Because I think that it says, I read somewhere where it says if you have an LLC, it's, it's still considered as a individual. Well, it's a limited liability corporation. It's not really a, a business. It's a, a corporate. I mean, right. limited liability company. I'm sorry, it's a company. Right, yeah, right. So you you're like kinda, a member. Yeah, but it's it, it, it's not an individual as a person. Individual. It's just that one person is liable, and that's the person who's the uh, uh, CFO or CEO or whoever of the LLC. Mm-hmm. That's just that person that's underneath it, but it, it's a, it's only distinguishing a company from a corporation. So you got a lot of lot. You have that individual has a lot of liability. That's what they're saying. But mm-hmm. again, filing it and reporting it under what tax what what tax you should be looking at a ten forty one. You still need. And again, if you look at twenty six USC one. And look at the different sections, and they talk about being married, being single, being separated, and being in a state trust, in a state or a trust. Well, you can't file those on a you can't file in a state trust on a ten forty. You have to file it on a ten forty one. So they, even though they didn't say ten forty one on that law, but it told a state trust cannot be filed as a it, on a 1040. Mm-hmm. So they combine a 1040 and a 1041 under Title 26 USC 1. Now, what about if you have a person, just say you have a, a child, grown child, and you have them on your estate or your trust, and they file in taxes, can they file their taxes? Under a 1041? Uh, uh, yeah, they can file their taxes under 1041 if they over 25. However, with the Kennedys, they don't file even individually. They all file theirs under the same trust. They file under the same. That's why, remember, Kennedy was in a, what, I can't think of the older Kennedy that passed. He was in a car mm-hmm. accident with a woman. Yeah. And, and she tried to say, I'm going to sue you. And he said, I don't own nothing but this dog. They, they don't file things individually, people. Stop trying to be individual. Cause stop thinking that you're doing something because you're out there on your own by yourself. You're going to be shot down. You're not getting the maximum amount of what is required from you by their own laws because you don't read it. You take it for granted when you go to a, a, a lawyer that he's looking to take care of you and protect you. That's a lie. His obligations, he's not even an American citizen. His, he has 
an obligation to the Queen of England, the state of Michigan they're licensed with, and then the judge that you're standing in front of, and then it come down to you. You're fourth on you're fourth on down the line, which makes you a little bit of nothing, and you can't even speak out because you consider a child in the courtroom, and you gave him the uh, 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 irrevocable power of attorney. You have to stop this education because you are going by the public education that you receive in these schools and everything that you go to. These schools are not teaching you only how to be a better slave, how to operate as a slave, how to be a debtor. So they don't need even need to do a 1040 form. They need to do a 1041, right? You can start with a 1041 and you know that read number one. If you have a 1041 up on the screen, you will see number one says what? Interest. That's what interest income means. Interest. The number one says interest. At least it did. I haven't seen a new one. And, and I don't know if they changed the 1041. They probably just changed the 1040s because that's the one everyone's using and they're trying to screw you over and get you lost. Okay, I got a 1041 up. What's number one? Let's see. Interest income. There you go. So everybody like, what is interest income? Well, interest income is OID. Uh, the law told you to, that you need to look at at the beginning. 26 USC 6049. 10 OIDs. Interest income. You're not going to hear from nobody else because nobody else really knows it. I got this from an IRS agent and when they told us this law, they hung up on me. <laughs> They hung up. Me and this guy called, and the lady, after we went through about four, uh, six people, we got to this one lady, and she says, 26 USC, 6049, and 6050 J. And she hung up. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> and we looking at each other like, what the heck? So we went to it. 6049 deal with OIDs. 6050 J deal with 1099As. And it has acquisition and abandonment. It's got, they try to mix you up. They use the same letter and for two different purposes, which is, you know, that's what they do to get you confused. That's what they do. I'm trying to give you a little bit clear clarification on what is going on here. Now, the question is here. Now, I've already said what you really, the forms, and I, I, maybe you have a, a section 26, I wish we could put more people so they can look and tell us, 26 USC um, number one. So we can actually read what's being taken out of your checks on the tax form or the tax rates. The tax rates for a married couple is like, what, $75,000? And we're, we're going with a, and pretty soon you understand what I mean, we're going with a if you made an income of $250,000, now some of y'all are like, what the heck is he talking about? I ain't no way I'm near that. I guarantee that if you do what I'm saying, $250,000 won't be no money. It won't be nothing. It would be a drop in the bucket. But the per- the first thing to look at, taking the $250,000 and then going to Section 26 USC number 1, I need you to read the first one, but someone could read could read that first one if you got it on you. Um, uh, the number uh, twenty six USC code one. Yeah, code one. Code number Tax. one. Yeah. 
Okay, every married individual, as defined in Section 7703, who makes a single return jointly with his spouse under Section 6013. Well, just go down. Just read the the main title, and this one is you're married and you're filing together. And go down to to $250,000. People, write this down. Okay. Go, go down to $250,000. What are they making if they made $250,000 together? What is the tax rate? $250,000. Let's see, it's say $33,385 plus 36% of the SS over $127,500. Okay, you still you still look at under. Go all the way down to $250,000. I am at $250,000. It say if, if is, you talking about that in that box where it's got. There is no, it, it shouldn't be a box. It should say that uh, that you have to take. Uh, seventy. You have to deduct seventy five thousand, seventy five thousand, seventy six thousand dollars, and it's at a thirty six point nine percent tax rate. That's what it should be having on in that. Now, where is that at? Because I'm looking at what I'm looking at here is giving you. Okay, let's see if I'm in the right place. It say if taxable income is over a hundred and forty thousand but not over two hundred and fifty thousand. Or they got one nope. that say over two hundred and fifty thousand. That's okay. the one I want. That's the over, one I want. Okay. Over two hundred and fifty thousand. It say the tax is seventy five thousand five hundred twenty eight dollars and fifty cents plus thirty nine point six percent of the excess over two hundred and fifty thousand. Okay, so seventy five thousand, and this is for married couples, people married and following jointly. Mm-hmm. They're gonna subtract seventy five thousand dollars out of the two hundred fifties, which is gonna what throw you down to what one hundred and seventy five thousand right there, and then they're going to tax you a thirty nine thirty six point nine percent. On top of whatever from the $250,000. So that's with more money coming out of your check, okay, out of that income for the year. Now go to the next the next group of people. Okay, that was married. Head a household. Come up there? Yeah, a, a mother running a household by herself. Head of household. Okay, okay. head of household. Let's see. Over 250000 that would be $77,485 plus 39.6% of the excess over 250000 Okay. So they, they all have the same, and I want to keep the same tax rate. They all have 39.6%. So right. that's common with all of them. But, what, but we're looking at, and we're rounding off here, $77,000. So mm-hmm. if you were married, they're going to subtract. Seventy-five thousand. Uh, and if you hit a household and you got children, they gonna take off. They gonna add another two thousand dollars on on you. Yeah. To take, to take out. They they were at seventy-seven thousand. Now let's go to the next group. Unmarried individual. Okay. Um, 
married. Yes. Over 250000 Now, $79,772. Plus, we know that 39.6% over the SS. SS over the 250000 So they're taking well, out even more if you are single. There you go, people. I, I'm, try, wow. I'm trying to get your head up. And these are on a W. This is a 1040 form. This is what's going to happen when you be doing those 1040 forms. As individual, on that individual tax form, you're taking 75 if you're married, 77 if you had a house, and if you're unmarried, 79. You can criminalize being single. You, mm-hmm. you really are. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the, now, I think the next group is where you separated from each mm-hmm. other. And we're not going to count that because all they did is separate the money from for each of them paying, but they still total up as if you were married and put together. So, okay. so you can skip. And so what is the, the next one is what after that one? Mm. Yeah, that's it. Let me see. Uh, it's all oh, here. Go the estate and the trust. A state and a trust. Now remember, a state and a trust cannot be filed on a 1040. So they must be talking about a 1041. So they're talking about a 1041, but they don't tell you that because nobody's looking at that. Now let's look. What is a what is the taxes on two hundred fifty thousand dollars? I don't even know. What does it say? They don't even have the two fifty on here. They have fifteen hundred. They have uh, three thousand five hundred. They have five thousand, seven thousand five hundred. So what's the highest? Seven thousand five hundred. Yes. So that means if you're making over over two hundred fifty thousand, this tax rate don't go up there. It only go up to seventy five hundred dollars. At seventy five hundred dollars, what is the taxes going to be taken out of you? What? Okay. Uh, take two thousand one hundred and twenty five dollars plus that thirty nine point six percent. Oh my God. How much did you say it was they taking out of your $250,000? How much are they going to be taking out? 79000 77000 and $75,000. But well, I'm talking about for the state and trust. Oh, the state and trust, $2,000. $2,000, people. So who, well, why wait didn't... Minute. Well, wait a minute, Mr. Rice. This is saying, so this is saying anything over 7500 So if you make it 250000 that's all they're going to take out is 2000 and Yeah. Twenty five. Yeah. Wow. We, as, as Malcolm X said, we have been hoodwinked. Bamboozled. Bamboozled. Yeah. Bamboozled. People, listen up. And, and it's right there with the IRS, 26. Yeah. What, what's, what's the code again? Give them the code. Uh, twenty title twenty six USC one. Okay, just look at the tax rate. Two thousand dollars, a measly two thousand dollars, if you make anything, anything over seventy five hundred dollars. Now, can you imagine an estate, and everybody is filing under the estate. Now, you go ahead and you want to be the prodigal son and get the hell out of Dodge and leave the house and file, and you're an individual. Look, if you're going to be, they're going to take it. I don't care if you think you're making money and you get $250,000, 
Hell, they're going to be taking $79,000 out of you. That's almost all half of your money. Hey, that's crazy. But if you stay under the trust, how you think these people are always filing? Those other folks are filing trusts, people, and you still laying on that individual stuff. Two thousand, and I, and that's everything over seventy five hundred dollars. You know, this is tax season. I'm trying to let you know. And if your tax man don't do know about this, then you need to say, well. It's in the book, so if you do it any other way than where I'm telling you to do it, I will sue you for fraud. Tell him to go to Title 26, USC 1, and read it for himself. Yes. Go look at the task class, 60 through the 6209 manual, and see that the W-2 is a, a OID. It's a task class 5. And OIDs is what we just said under 26 U.S.C. 6049. It's interest income. Interest income come out of your estate. You are tax exempt. You should be using, if nothing else, you should be using some kind of EIN number or you would use your social without the dashes because that means you tax exempt. So if you're going to do a 1040 and that W-2 and the amount on the W-2, not just the, the wages and income statement of federal mm-hmm. withholding, not just the federal withholding, the whole income, you total those together and you put them on what well, now is line 17. And at the top, where as for social, you put your EIN, your social without the dashes. No dashes. You you scratch that box, the boxes that they got up there to deliberately make you use the two dashes so that you are a debtor. The two dashes, it's like, and that's like your first, middle, last, which we know they control your first, middle, last, all cap. You cross that out and you put down your exemption ID number underneath it. And then you go down to 17, and, of course, you got to correct it with the w, uh, W2C. You got to correct it. Now, I noticed on the 1041, they don't have those dashes on there for you to fill in. Yeah, they should have a, a well, they just got a, a line on there because it's an EIN number which should have one dash. They don't even have the one dash. No, no. Nope, nope. they, they got the blank line there. There you go. So you could put it, you could put your tax exempt on there too because mm-hmm. interest is. Exemption. It's an exemption. Wages, labor, labor is an exemption. Wages is not. That's an income. That's a capital gain. That's a profit income. You're not making a profit at your job. You work those hours. You work them. You punch the clock in. Don't sit there and let them say, "Oh, you made. A, you got. We giving you a. You're not giving me nothing. You took it out of my estate." That's why you got to tell the IRS at the end of the year so they don't tax you. Mm-hmm. So they so have when, to, you so know, won't tax them. I'm sorry. So when you have, just say you have your, your, your loved one to file up under your trust, they don't have to have an EIN number. They could just put their social right there on number C and just don't put no dashes in it. Is that right? 
Yeah, well, again, you're filing under the uh, estate uh, mm-hmm. e- uh, trust, and you can, you can use an EIN number. That's not bad. An EIN, remember what the interest is, $7,500. So it ain't like you're going to lose them. I saw you got to give up a few thousand dollars. There ain't nothing to cry about. Mm-hmm. But okay. but when when you use that social boom, you really messing up. Okay. Like, you know, with the two dashes, you really screwing yourself. So they can just use the the trust EIN number then. Yeah, they can use, and they all file under the trust. Now okay. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it, it used to be. I know they used to have a schedule uh, C that you put a list of all the OIDs because we're going to talk about something in a minute. But now they got uh, schedule one, two, and three. They got different schedules, A, E. And so I'm not sure because I just learned about the change today that they okay. changed the tax form. But I know with a 1041, they had they used to have worksheets where each person who has a job or whatever, and they reporting under the EIN number of the trust, that they had to have worksheets where they explain where their income is coming from. Mm-hmm. And again, you're reporting, but I believe after you total it all up, you finalize it on line 17. Okay. On line, well, we line 17 of the 1041, right? Of the 10. Well, I don't know what line is. No, you put it on line one on the 1041. But let's say okay. you're doing it on the 1040, then you okay. will put it on line 17, and you won't put nothing above that. Nothing. You start at line 17 and work your way down. Oh, on the 1040, you start at 17. Okay. And work your way down. So you may have a nice big number because you're going to have your W-2 because you're going to do the 2C, so you're going to make that. Those are wages. And then we're about to talk about something right now. But before I move on, is there anyone out there have any questions or like, you know, call in. This is the time. This is tax season. I know I'm not a tax accountant. However, I'm just reading what we just read, what the, IR, the internal revenue say. I, I'm not making it up. We just did what the internal revenue just said. Anyone have any questions? And the questions. call in call in number is 323 Six four two one five eight six, and push the number one, and I see that you have your hand raised. So if you got, if you have any questions, you and if you want this done, you got to know what you're talking about when you go talk to your tax person, so they can do it right. Yes, and they have a form called twenty eight forty eight where they become liable. You're not liable. They will be one responsible. My tax person always had me feel. Uh, twenty uh, twenty eight forty eight. Cause she said, if anybody IRS call you, just refer them to me. And she was a good. She always got me some money back, and I didn't even do what this 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 stuff here. But mm-hmm. she knew how to manipulate stuff prop right, you know, correctly. Right, right. Well, we do have some hands raised, Mister Rice. Okay. okay. So go we're ahead. Gonna, we're gonna go to five six one three three seven. Five six one. Hello, good uh, night. Do you have your mute on? My mute. Hold on a second. Area code 561-337. Oh, that's me. Hello? We can't hear you. Oh, hold on. 
Okay, you Strange. might have to call back. Okay, then. My mute. My... Okay, we're going to go to 803 410. 803 410. Hey, this is Monica. Today. Mr. Rice, are you still there? I'm still here. I'm, I'm waiting to hear them, too. 803. Can you hear me? Hello? Don't be scared. Call in. Say something, Hello? folks. They might Hello? be having a problem. Uh, let me see. I, I hope that because we're on a double line. That uh, Okay, 803-410, call back in because we don't hear you. Uh, let's see. Hello? Okay. Yeah. And I'm 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 still trying to get in on Google Voice. Like it's like they're jamming it. They did not allow me to go through. I don't understand this what's going on here. I'm trying to see if I can uh plug you in through the um through the computer here. Wait a minute. I used to could do Skype. I don't even see Skype anymore. Hmm. Okay, let me try it again. I see they call back. Let me see. Five six one. Hello. Five six one. Hello. Are you saying anything? Hello. Okay, I'm not hearing anything. I had a thing pop up said, okay, now it's dialing in. Hold on a minute. Okay. I'll be getting on now. Well, hold on a minute. Let me hear it ring. Okay. All right, everybody. Just um, hold on for a minute. Call in with y'all questions. We're trying to get this technical situation here so we can uh, answer your calls. And make sure that your phone is not on mute. When you call in, welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Please hold or be able to listen to the show. The show. The show. Okay, I'm going to put you off the phone. All righty, y'all. Let's see. Uh, Mr. Rice, can you hear me? Yes, Rocky, can you hear me? Mr. Rice. You muted me. Hmm. Hello? Okay, y'all, let me refresh. You muted Because it might be, uh, it might be on my end. So just hold on, everybody. Let me kind of refresh here. Hold on, hold on. Go get a glass of water. And come back. Let's see. You're muted. Hello? Hello? Five, six, yeah, we hear you. Can you hear me? Hello? Hello? I hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Yeah, Carla. One, 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 Mr. Rice. Okay, y'all, what I'm going to do is I'm going to hang up and call back. I can hear you. 
I can hear you too. She seemed to have muted us out. I might have to call on her line and tell her to unmute because I heard it said mute. She seemed to mute us out. So I can hear you. Don't hang up, okay? Okay. Hold on. I'll call her number. Let's hold on to tight, sir. We'll be right with you. Now I can't seem to get on my phone. What's going on here? All righty. Can you hear me? I can hear. Yes, I can. I can hear you, Okay. Can you hear me? Oh, hold on. Yes, I can. Yes. Okay, I can hold. Mr. Rice, are you there? I am Mr. here. Rice. Okay. All right. So, can you hear me, Ms. Rice? Yes. Mr. Rice. Okay. Yes, so I'm I can hear take, you. Let me tell you. Uh, okay. Okay. I'm going to take five six one three three seven first. Are you there? Okay, thank you. Yes, I am. Thank you very much. Okay. Okay. Um, Mr. Wright, I'm looking at the Form 1041. Now, if I have a W-2, and if I've been listening correctly, I should start at line 17. Is that correct? No, 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 no. That's on a 1040, the new 1040. Okay. The I'm looking at... Okay, so then on form 1041, where would I put my um, uh, W-2 figures? Everything is interest. That's that's interest. It, remember, your W-2 is interest income, and it's also considered labor. It's not wages. It's labor. So interest income means it came from you. So okay. everything would go on line one. Okay. That you don't have all the deductions and everything you got from the 1040. Okay. So now, okay. So so then suppose then I have a W-2 and then I also have a business like a LLC. Where would where would that income go? Well, that that would make a difference. You may have to fill another tax unless you're going to uh, fill in a worksheet. You know, they have worksheets that you would have to say where the income is coming from. Okay. And I'm not sure the LLC, if the LLC is going to have a 1099 miscellaneous or, it, it, you know, because miscellaneous could also mean they took money out of your estate as well. A 1099 period usually means that it's used to be returned back to you. So actually that's what You'd be filing that on line one as well, but okay, they remember right. they have where you a worksheet where you have to individually put where things are coming, where they coming from, the name of the employee and all that. Of course, right. you're going to attach the 1099 with as well. Okay, so a 1099 miscellaneous would also be um, interest income because I would write my own 1099 to myself. Is that correct? I yeah, mean, that's okay. what I've done in the past, anyways. That's- 
And, and this is what uh, we'll be talking about that in a minute, because what we're going to do, yeah, you're going to be writing OID, 1099 OIDs to yourself. You will be okay. doing that because they, they didn't do it. And I'm going to explain in a minute what's going on, but I want to use the law in referencing to it before I talk about it. Okay, which now, will be publication 12. Okay, another question. Okay, um, is a estate trust the same thing as a trust fund? Uh, well, actually, just it's either an estate or a trust. Although they combine them together, say estate trust, if you look at the definition of infant under the IRS, it's a decedent of an estate, and it is a grantor of a trust. So, you know, okay. they use a term together, and so I know when I went to the bank to open up an account and I said estate trust, they were confused because a lot of estates at the bank were people's socials and they were uh, setting up funds for their children when they when they die, okay. whereas a trust had I had an EIN number. Okay. So, I, you know, the distinction... You have to determine the distinction of how which one you use in a state and a trust. But this was at my bank, and they that's why they were confused. They said, "Well, Mr. Rice, either you a trust or you in a state, because it's uh, too different. The state was under okay. their social, and the trust was under EIN number." And that and that and that makes you totally separate. Yes. Okay. Okay. Final question, sir. So is that is it's just the wording? I keep the word estate when I'm dealing with the straw man because okay. you are, if and under Canon, you know, Canon 2024, a valid estate must have an executor and it must have a an agent, number nine and ten, Canon laws 2024. Hold on, let me let me write that down. And it, yeah, Canon. Canon 2024 and go to Roman numeral 9 and Roman numeral 10. And it says a valid estate must have an executor to manage the estate and it must have to be valid. It has to have a agent to man- to do day-to-day operation, day-to-day operation for the agent. Okay. All right. My final question. So that's on the estate. Yes. Um, if okay, um, if you're not, if you were not born in the U.S., can you still can you still um, claim your straw man or your social? Well, well, let's put it like this. My understanding: everyone who comes in this country, there's a form we call an I ninety four or something. Where the money is accumulated, follow the money, brother. That's all I can say. Somewhere they're taking money out of your, uh, out of you, to pay you. So it's up to you to figure out how they're doing it. Okay. Yeah, because um, it may not be a mean, Excuse me. It may not be a You broke up because that might be on the way. Hello. I broke up. Yeah, we can hear you. Can now. you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yes. I can. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, your birth certificate might be where, back at wherever you was born at. You know, the island or the country. But right, my yes. understanding is when you came in, when you came into the United States to to New York, there's a form that you filled out, and that's basically where they start throwing the money in. 
That's why they want uh, down in Mexico and have them to register themselves so they can make money off of these foreigners, immigrants, when they come in. That's why they want you registered, so they can put money, give you money, and start drawing money out of your estate. Okay. Yeah, because I'm, I mean, I'm oh. from Jamaica, and I've seen my um, birth certificate, and it does say that I'm a living person. <laughs> so I was just uh, wondering. Yeah. I mean, excuse me? And that's, that, and yeah, and that is what you would use when you want to get out the system. Uh, I, I believe, look at uh, Ohio is more, I think it's more detailed with Ohio, uh, uh, called ORC, Ohio Revised Code. 3705.11 fondling a child. It says Can you can can you repeat that please? 3705.11. Called okay. fondling a child. Michigan has the same thing but it's not as detailed as Ohio, stating that once you found or attain your birth record that you are to report it to a department which is to take your birth certificate and put it in an envelope, seal it in an envelope. And if there is any birth certificate in any other agency like probate or court, they are to be destroyed, the birth certificate to be destroyed. So to prove you alive, that would be the the birth certificate that you have in your at your island, at your location, right. the birth record. I call it birth record. Birth certificate, they made us dead with our birth certificate. But our birth record at the hospital is when we were alive. Okay. All right, so I'm going to check that out. I mean, I'm residing in Florida right now, so um, I guess Florida would have something similar to the Ohio one, correct? Exactly. In Michigan, it's 333.2825, number five. Same thing, but it just say that they're going to put a birth certificate or a public record in an envelope, seal it in an envelope not to be opened up. And it says in Ohio that if there's any birth certificates out there that no one knows about, that they can never draw off of it. They have to destroy them. Now, if there's no birth certificate, then they can't draw money off of you, period. They oh, must really? they leave you alone. They can't do anything. Okay. And that's the birth certificate authentication, correct? Yes, I would authenticate it just so that you have a higher priority over than they do because it's it's a child when it's under the state. But when you do it and you go to the Secretary of State authentication, what are they going to ask you? What's the first question they ask you? What country? So you foreign. Okay. So you got to create, you creating your, it's like you're creating your own world. At your and you're creating the island, and and he's you from Jamaica, right? Correct. Yes. Well, we and and that's the one that we use Jamaica, don't we use Jamaica, Mister Rice? He they not yeah, part that's of the one Hague. Of the country. Right. It's not part of the Hague. Okay, right. I see. So. Okay. All right, I'm gonna. Well, thank you. I still recommend that you might want to look at some. Kind of, yeah, you may want to look at some kind of tax person, uh, showing them the laws and that, that we're giving you. Show it to them. Let, let them. You know, we have to educate these people as well 
as ourselves. They need to be educated too, because we can really sue them for committing fraud. If they continue doing what they're doing, they are committing fraud. Now you can go to small claims court with them, and they will have a fit when they start getting sued. They should have bonds on them where they're coming out of their bonds, but they should they don't want that because they probably lose that bond. Okay. All right. All right. Thank but you very can, much. I'm I'm just gonna um, sit back and just listen. Thank you. Thank you. Carla. Okay. Yeah. Cause we, we got, yeah we ain't got to, to the good part yet. We haven't got. I'm just okay. Ground groundbreaking right now. Next. Okay. I got a, I have another caller. Okay, eight eight zero three four ten. Eight zero three. Hey, this did is Monica. Did... Okay, Monica. Hey, how are you? We guys hear today? you. Great, great. Hey, good. How you doing? Hey, good. Oh, my question was kind of what he asked is as far as getting a professional. Um to assist us with this as opposed to us doing it on our own um, and educating them again with those forms that you just said. That was, the, that was the question that I was going to ask. Would that be the best route to go? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not so much because they, they file things electronically and they have, mm-hmm. I remember all these tax forms are on computers now. They're on computers and now I, I'm sorry, I can do a data entry. I, I'm pretty sure you can, too. Mm-hmm. They pretty much ask mm-hmm. you the question. They used to ask you the question, and you just give them the numbers, and it fills the form out and total it up at the end of the, of the program. So I'm just stating. And we, the way we're doing it, again, there's some things we're not putting on. If we're going to do a 1040, then you need to start, as far as I see, at line 17 and work your way down. Because mm-hmm. you'll find there will be no at the line 17. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, so you can stick the number. Now, there should be other sheets that you're going to be putting in, such as the 1099 OID, and I'm telling you, and, you know, when we finish talking, after you finish, well, you're going to be putting in your credit report, and I'll tell you why. You're going to be putting in your credit reports. So we don't wait till end. But you got any other questions, Monica? No, that's it. That was all. Okay. Thank you, Monica. Thank you, guys. Okay. Thank you. Any other calls? Uh, no, that's it, Mr. Rice. All right. All right. We're in the last hour. Hey, we're doing good. This is a good one. Okay, people. Um, understand. And and please let everyone need to have publication twelve twelve, IRS publication twelve twelve, page seven sitting in front of them, so you can read it. So I wait till Beverly get it for me because I don't have anything. I'm so busy with a bunch of stuff. But publication twelve twelve, page seven nominee, and we need to understand what's going on. We need to put that twelve twelve. In, in in a tax situation, in a taxable situation. So it may help you understand what I'm talking about. When someone takes funds out of your estate and they send you a coupon showing you that they took money out of the estate, 
because they took it as nominees. That means they were your employees working for you. They did you a favor. They took money out of your estate because they read your water meter, your electric meter, your, you know, your your mortgage. They, they knew how much you were. Ooh, Beverly, what you doing? Okay. okay. And I'm, when they took when they when they took it out of your estate, it's called and they're banks. They everyone, if you look under the uh, the bankruptcy law chapter eleven guidelines, all these corporations must have a bank. They have to operate through a bank. All banks are federal, even though they got state banks, they still under federal jurisdiction. So they are federal. If they have your funds and they send you a bill, a coupon, or uh, some kind of statement, some presentment that you owe money, and they didn't send you the check with the money with it, as it talks about on the second part of 1212, publication 1212, where they say you must file another 1099 OID. The OIDs is the way it comes back to you. They're going to give you the OID just like they give you a W-2 at the end of the year. It's an OID as well. Your The public servant must give it back to you. They have to return it to the principal so you can report it on your, your tax form. But if they didn't give you that OID, then they are holding those funds that was taken out. And they didn't pay taxes on those funds. It is considered a federal withholding. So the first half of that publication 1212, where it says you have received a debt instrument, you are the holder. How how does it read the first half of it? Beverly, you got it opened up? Yes, I have it. I know you're new. Yeah. Can you hear me now? Read that. Yeah. Okay. If you are the holder of a OID debt instrument and you receive a Form 1099 OID that shows your taxpayer identification number and includes amount belonging to another person, you are considered a nominee. You okay, must so they receive... Hold up, hold up. No, we, we, we only want, I only want to work on this first half. I don't want to get to the, what okay. they do next. The first half okay. says that you are the holder of a debt instrument. You receive a 1099 OID. So the 1099 OID is a debt instrument, okay, with your TIN, so tax identification number. So that's their EIN number that will be on the OID their tax identification of somebody else's funds. So that means that someone gave them the funds. That means on an OID, you have a payer and a recipient. The payer will be someone else's funds, which would make it you, is your funds, and you're giving it to them. They are the reciprocate. So they are receiving funds from you to them. So in other words, that OID is like a receipt, showing that they receive funds from you as a creditor to them as the as the receiver. So it came from you, it's going to them. They are considered nominees. When I say them, they are nominees. They are public officials. They are fiduciary trustees. This is what they are, different titles for different subject matters, different 
different jurisdiction. So they have the fund, and then they have to let you know they've done it. So that's what a coupon is. They let you know that they took the funds out because, remember, they still work for you. So they have to inform you. We took these funds out, and we have them at our location at this routing number and account number that's on the bottom of the coupon. So they're letting you know where the funds at that they took out. Where is that? It's on the routing number and account number on the bottom of the coupon. So they're holding it. It's being held there. And the banks went and did it so it would be a federal withholding. Understand the term here. At the first half of publication 1212, where they took money out of your estate and they put it in their account, their local bank, local account, is called, that is a federal withholding. So that member, what we said, what is federal withholding? 100% deductible or refundable. I'm sorry. 100% refundable. But the problem Let's- is when it says the second half, when they're supposed to give it back to you, and go ahead and read the second half so we can read what is what they're supposed to do next. You must okay. file another... Okay. You must file another form, 1099 OID, for each actual owner, showing the OID for the owner, show the owner of the debt instrument as the recipient, and you as the payer. Now, who is you? Who is they talking about? That would, they, that would be the, the nominee. You is the nominee. Okay. The owner is the person who they got the phone from. The problem here, and this is what they're going to tell you, who's the owner? They say, you have to give it to each owner. Well, who's the owner? No one says they're the owner. Even though they took the money out of your estate, you gave them permission as a authorized representative. Not as the owner. You signed a contract with them as the authorized representative of the estate, but you never said you were the owner. Now, if you have filed, if you send a coupon back to them and put a 1099A saying, I'm the the lender and you're the borrower, that is one way of letting them know you're the owner. But the problem is this. They never sent anybody an OID, as it said they're supposed to. So in other words, everything is still in a federal withholding status. It's still in a federal withholding status. But Nobody's paid taxes on the funds that came out of the state. And if you don't pay attention to it, because no one can budget your estate but you. No one is responsible for your estate than you are. We are supposed to know how to do this. Why? Because we are carrying Federal Reserve notes in our pocket, which makes us bankers, and we're supposed to know what to do. That is their assumption. You're supposed to know what to do because you carry Federal Reserve notes in your pocket, but you don't. You're not doing it. So they don't get that keeping it. They are still public officials. They still work for the owner, but they keep the funds because they don't know who the owner is. But we want to go, fine, that's great. We know that, and we know how to get the money back by, again, putting a 1099A, give them a letter stating that I'm the owner, whatever. But what I want to go after is your credit report. Everyone is crying about, I got bad credit, and they go on and have their credit report, all three of them, 
in front of you. Because what they're stating on there, except the original creditor, is going to have the word charge off. So you can't use that one. Charge off means that they discharge. That's the second half of discharge and the second half of set off. So that means that they send the funds back, which publicly got discharged and which privately got set off. That's what the original creditor does if you don't pay the bill in 120 days or something in that order. They set it off. Now, these third-party debt collectors look at, oh, they claim they paid pennies to the dollar or whatever. I don't think they paid anything. They just happen to look on the list and see that it didn't get paid off. And then they, they try to come at you. And if you don't respond to the third-party debt collect collectors, then they put it on your credit report. So, But this is a good thing now. We le- I'm learning this is a good thing. Why? Because on your credit report, and I hope someone has one in front of them so they can call in, press one, so we can see you on there to show that you should have the original amount when you first signed the contract and the date of the original amount and the company name on the original amount. So you got enough information to be filling out an OID on them. You're going to give yourself the second half of publication 1212. You're going to give it to you. You're going to send it to you. You're going to still say whoever is named on there, they are the what? The payer. And you will be the recipient. So instead of them filling that out, you're going to fill it out. You're going to highlight it on the credit report, and you're going to attach it to the OID and give it to the IRS. These people, and this is going to really screw these third-party debt collectors up. Why? Because the IRS is going to have to give you the money because you're the recipient, but they're going to have to get it from somebody, and who are they going to get it from? They're going to have to go to those third-party debt collectors and get it from their behind because they're the one that lied and said that you had a contract with them. The fact that they went to court, the fact that they put it on your credit report is telling them, is telling the world that they had a contract with you as if they were the one that took it out of your estate. And they weren't the one that took it out of your estate. They don't even have a signature, but they sit there and got froggy and leaped on you and, and, and messed up your credit report and all this, uh, your credit rating and all this is what they did. Now, I'm saying take it. Take those numbers. Take that date. And remember, I believe the OID tells you the date of acknowledgement. Well, that means you don't have to put the date that it happened. You just learned about it today. I just got acknowledged, got acknowledgement on Mr. Wright's show on what's the day? One twelve. So you bring it back up to date now. You're saying you're drawing it out of whatever years that has been on your report, and you're bringing it up to date to today, to the present date, and you're attaching the credit report along with the OID as well, and putting all of that on a ten forty. On what line seventeen? We're at for ten ninety nines. Mr. Rice. Yes. You know you know you flying. Huh? You know you you know you going what? fast. Can you hear me? I'm sorry. You're going fast. I hear you. <laughs> uh, uh, now, all right. Let me slow it. Now, now, uh, yeah. 
because you're talking about a 1099A and you're talking about a 1099OID, and that's a little confusing. So can you kind of? Okay. We're looking at, so, so you know where I'm getting a justification. We're looking at publication mm-hmm. 1212. You just read okay. the second half of 1212 where they're supposed to give you the OID. Okay. They're supposed to give you the OID, but they didn't. So they, so in other words, they still got the money. They didn't return it back. They're still holding the funds, but they didn't give you OID. So you could fill out the OID, putting them as the payer and you the recipient, and you report it to the IRS, but not with just your coupon, but your credit report. You got the same situation. Everything on your credit report is where someone took funds out of your estate, and they're holding it. It's a federal withholding. They're holding it. And they're sitting there telling the world who looks at your credit report that you got bad credit. There's money out there that you owe that you ain't doing nothing with. So you are a bad creditor. Your credit bad. You don't need no loan. You don't need no car. You don't need no house. You don't need... They are messing you up. And these are third-party debt collectors that's doing it. Because the original more likely has charge-off on your account where they already send the money back. See, they slick. They send it back. They don't want to be responsible for something. So, you know, so they send it back so mm-hmm. they don't have to pay taxes. And meanwhile, what you're doing is you claiming the taxes when you send, when they give you that OID, when you fill out OID to for yourself and you put it on the 1040, you are reporting the taxes that, of course, you exempt so you don't have to pay nothing. You're using your exemption ID number because it came from you. And this is a federal, these are federal withholding funds that they got listed on your credit report. That's the part you got to really understand. What you see and the amounts that's listed on your credit report are federal withholding. They're holding it and they're federal. So therefore, there's money out there that you have to claim so that once you claim it, he who paid the taxes has 100% of the property. So you have, so you, you, you're closing it. It's like you're closing your credit report down. You're closing it down. Now you can go back. Once you get the refund, you, you can now go back to the credit report and say, hey, this has been, this has been cash. This has been in. This has been settled. Because once you settle it on the private side, we are settling it on the private side when we do the 1099 OID to ourselves, when we attach it to the uh, the uh, credit report to the OID and the OID and the credit report is attached to the 1040. All of this has been done on the private side. Or if you're doing a 1041, then you are, again, it's all on the private side. So once it's okay, been settled on the private side, there is no yet. Okay, so for an example, just say on the credit report you got a a, a charge. You say you can't do charge off, but you got or you got a charge. Just say you got a twelve thousand dollar charge off for just say a car, and then you might have something on there that you owed it uh, for a. Uh, Sears and Robot, as uh, 
what's his name used to say. So you got those on your credit report. Now, it's been over 120 days. So the original uh, people that had the account, they have they don't have it anymore. Now these third-party debt collectors come in, and then they send you letters, put it on the uh, report, on your credit report, that you got bad credit, that you owe money, and blah, 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 blah. So now you saying send them a 1099-A or a 1099-OID. That's where I'm confused at. The A was already done. The A was already done. Someone did an acquisition. Otherwise, they wouldn't have the funds in the first place. The 1099A was already done. What you're doing is reporting the OID. But wasn't the A saying abandoned? Wasn't they saying that the fund was abandoned? Mm -hmm. You could do it that way. However, that's... They don't say that they file an A on publication 1212. Is there any mention of an A? No. Okay, well, if it's not a mention of the A, I would just send an OID. And they already, the apparently, they supposed to. Yeah, I just send an OID. Why? Go ahead. No, I'm just saying you don't do the A, just do the OID, and you send that to the IRS, correct? Uh, and right, and you send carbon copies to whoever the third party debt collector, and you keep one for yourself. And remember, okay. you're making them the payer, and you're the recipient. So on there, we, where we know they didn't pay her. On the OID, it says payer, and it says recipient. The third party debt co- collector is the is the what now? They the they the payer. Correct. That's, that's what it says. The nominee is the payer. Okay. The nominee is the payer. Okay. And and you are the recipient because someone's giving you the money. They gotta, they have to return the funds back to you for your account to be balanced. If it's never been returned okay. back to you, then it's still always considered a federal withholding. It's still a federal withholding. They're holding these those funds. All the ones you see on your credit report is where someone took funds out and they didn't return it back to you so your account could be closed properly. And it's only a matter of time for the IRS audit all of those accounts and they're going to send you a bill for all, for all those accounts. But they're not going to break them down like the credit report, they're going to just have it one lump sum that they say you owe. And you're like, hell, I know some people, they owe more than their salaries. How are you going to owe more than you make? Because it accumulated through the years. And now they're balancing the books. So all of those accounts, so you got to break down of what they're going to report because they can only report what you're going to see on your credit report. Because that means that those funds were never zeroed out. So that's what you're doing. You're reporting it to the IRS as an exemption to paying on it because it came out of your state as a federal holding, and federal holding are not taxable. They don't tax it, but it has to be reported as being taxed as a taxable issue. It's taxable, but it's not 
where you're going to pay anything on it because you are exempt. Everyone is exempt. Your your obligations will be paid dollar for dollar. So everyone is exempt. But you are the only one that can balance your account. So if they don't want to give you the OID, then you create the OID and you send it in to the IRS. And they will go after them because they're like, wait a minute. We're not going to come out of our pocket. We got to tell you to pay us for what you put on his credit report. What are you going to say? Well, uh, uh, you know, they can stutter if they want, but they, if they claim they pay pennies to the dollar for it, then they better, they got to pay the whole amount because you are going back to the day you opened the account and the date that you opened the account. That's what's on your credit report. That's what you want. You want the full amount back. And these fools will stop. Maybe they'll stop doing it after they see people start doing that because then they realize, that oh, will. my God, we're going to come out with more money than we started with. You and see that, what, and, and, you see the, I hope y'all see the, the go ahead. And, and everybody can get a free credit report once a year. So all three other credit bureaus will give you a free report once a year. Yeah, the call the, the annualcreditunion.com, annualcreditunion.com. You can get your, all three of your credit reports for free. So you want to you want to get those. These are some things that you need to be looking at right now. You want to get your credit report. Go to the annualcreditunion.com. You want to get your wages and income statement so you can see who is saying they gave you taxable money that's got to be reported. So you don't want to miss anybody because if you miss one person, they can call it tax evasion. So go to the wages and income and request a wages and income statement. You may find some EIN numbers on the wages and income. They got EIN numbers of those corporations. I don't believe a credit report has their EIN number, but you can go to the SEC, Security Exchange Commission, and put their name in and possibly get a, a what they call it, 10K, which is their tax form. You can go get their tax form. These corporations need investors, so they have to tell investors how much money they're making and how much money they're getting, and they've got the EIN number. So it's a public record of their EIN number because they have to report it to investors. You might even want to call them up and say, where can I get a report of your income last year? Because I'm looking to invest in your corporation. They they will <laughs> they'll praise you. Oh, go to so-and-so. Yeah, please. So you go in as, I'm saying I'm going in as an investor, so you can get their EIN. Because you, you're gonna, you may, you're gonna need that. You possibly could need it for your 1099 OIDs. You need the EIN numbers of them. But if you don't have it, you can leave that blank. It don't matter. But the point is that these people are, have federal withholdings that no one has claimed. No one's paid taxes on it. So this is what they mean by assessing it, because the IRS is gonna, they're gonna lump all of those reports that you have. All those sums are gonna be lumped up sooner or later, and you're going to get a tax form saying you owe this. Now, the original creditors send it back, so theirs won't be on there. Because if they smart, after 120 days, they will send your funds back. 
But those third-party debt collectors, no. But now we could slap them on their hand and say, well, if you don't take it off, then I will be putting it on and report to the IRS that, you know, you took it out. And how can you tell that they... How can you tell that they are a third-party debt collector? What do they always put on the letter? They have to say, this is an attempt to collect the debt. This is an attempt to collect the debt. The majority, you can look at their names. They are attorneys. And, you know, when you see names on those credit reports, you don't even know who they are. You know, and they might say they work for... Citibank or whatever. No, Citibank don't. They didn't collect for Citibank. They're collecting. They're trying to collect for themselves because they got a different account number. That's another way you know it's a third party. The account number is changed. But at the bottom, they have to notify every consumer that this is an attempt to collect the debt from a third party debt collector. That is in small print, usually on the first page at, uh, at the bottom. Now, a lot of places, a lot of places, they have their own debt collector. So they, I mean, they had a collection part of, so just say that you owe some money on a car or something. They're going to send it to their debt collector first before they write it off. So can you do this with their debt collector in-house collection? Yes, you could do it how? You could ask for the promissory note. You could ask for the application. See, this could be done for anything that has the amount written down. And I've been saying for mortgages, ask for the promissory note and then put it on the OID. They've already got the money. So you could ask for the promissory note or the application for a credit card, promissory note for a student loan, or if you got the application when you apply for it, then you attach that to the uh, uh, to to a, with an OID and send that in. You send in something that has their name on there, showing that they're the one that's claiming you owe the debt. Because that means they're the one that took the money from your account. Yeah, get rid of your car, get rid of your house. This is how you pay them off. Same issue, same issue, and you can still put it on a ten forty. Line 17 in the middle of the year. You don't have to wait till the end of the year. You could apply this at the end of, at, at any time. At any time, you send it in. The IRS is going to have to go after them. They're going to say, "Excuse me, y'all the one that put that debt on there. You you want to show Mr. Rice he owed the money, and you and you don't want to screwing up his credit report. Now you're going to tell me you ain't going to give us the money after he's claiming it on his taxes." He who filed on the taxes and paid the taxes on the debt. Anyone knows when you go to the store, you buy groceries, you pay taxes. You owe own the item you purchased because you paid taxes on it. Now, when we reported it, when we report these to the IRS on the 1099-OID, we're reporting it. We are paying taxes on it, and now we own it. But they have to still return it back to the principal. You still got a gap in your estate, and only you, only you can fill that gap up. Nobody else is going to do it for you. 
So whether you want to do it or not, it don't matter. You They will catch up with you sooner or later when your account get audited. So I'm trying to give y'all a head up of what you need to be doing now. Get those credit reports and start filling out 1099 OIDs and send them in on a 1040. A 1040 is like a certificate of title, and you're going to have listed what what it is, the item and everything listed all on the 10 on the 1099 OID. I think it's box five description. Do you understand? Now, Beverly, if you understand it, fine. If not, ask me. Ask me questions because it's important that you should have, if you understand it, then I'm pretty sure everyone else may be able to get it and they ask their own question. But mm-hmm. do you understand what I'm talking about here? We're, we're yeah, putting that's, our that's third-party debt collection. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I didn't know if you could do the original uh, debtor. Uh, the person, the original people that you just say you got your car from, you know, I didn't know you could do them when they put it in collection. I thought you you had to wait till it went to the third party debt collector. No, no, that's how you you could discharge a car at any time if you ask for the uh you know the promissory note or get the application for the vehicle something or or just call them and say I need a payoff. Boom, there you go, right there, 1099 to pay off. Well, they usually, they identify you when, you, when they uh, send you your, what well, my company do, when they send you your note every month, it has the payoff amount right there if you want to pay it off. And they give you the date okay. that that amount will be. So you could just use that or do they need to send you, you could just use that, right? Yeah, as long as it, you paint it off. Got but personally, number. I I want to go back. I, I personally, they usually giving you the balance of the payoff, but I want to go back to the day I purchased it. I mean, if I paid five, ten years on a car, you know, and I'm only down to a couple of thousand dollars, but the car was worth fifteen, twenty thousand, I want to go back to the twenty thousand and claim that because remember that's what was taken out of your estate. Okay. So you so paying them really- every month is not the Go ahead. So really, you need to OID the agreement that you made with them, that agreement statement. Exactly, the application. That would be the agreement yeah, the or the okay. promissory okay. note. Yeah, the application would be the agreement right there. Or I should say, so, the, uh, you know, agreement, not a contract. Okay, right, because it says that on there now. For clarification, just say that you want to OID. Just say you just bought a car this year and you paid thirty thousand for the car. Just say you got your bank account and you your bank account with your uh, deposits and every taken out, putting in. You did a hundred and some thousand. Just say a hundred thousand, and your bank account totaled up for the whole year, <clears throat> and your car. Has that you paid thirty thousand? You got your purchase agreement, so you can OID your bank account. Which your bank account is going to have your phone bill, your cell bill that you and paid all year. It's going to have your utility bills that you and paid wrote check for all year, and so you can OID that bank account and you can OID that statement that you paid thirty thousand for the car and get that money back. 
Yeah. Anything that came out of your pocket can be OID because everything has been prepaid and you got to get it back. Everything has been prepaid. So all the money you paying out of your pocket is not going to the original debt. It's going in their pockets. They can't touch the money because they didn't sign the agreement. You're the only one that signed an agreement. Someone cannot take money when they didn't sign the contract. They didn't sign yeah, anything. All, it's an agreement that only has your signature. Yeah, because on the car agreement, it's only your signature on there. So they put it in what's called a demand account at the Federal Reserve Bank. All the funds is going. That's why you can OID that and get it back. If you listen, if you read the instructions on uh, what they do under the uh, Chapter 11 guidelines, it tells you that that the funds that's being paid can be. Uh, it has a link. Could be a link. Could be could be put on it. That means you can file it and get the money back. It's lienable. So you not only would pay for the initial amount of the car, but all the payments you did that they deposit in that same account, you can OID that as well. Okay, so again, let me make but clarification. You- so I just say I bought the car last year, and I've been paying on the car for the whole year, but it's been I've been come you know it's been in my bank. You can see my bank statements that I've been paying. So by me OIDing my bank account plus the the uh, the statement, the car statement, the whole thirty thousand plus those notes I've been paying for a whole year, I can OID all of that. Exactly, exactly. Cause and let me ask we you this one call. question. And anybody okay. out there, please. Uh, okay, before the, the, you get this call. Everybody okay. out there, I'm just asking you this one question. You bought your car, you bought a house, you got mm-hmm. a student loan, you got a credit mm-hmm. card. At the end of the year, did any of those people send you a letter stating that they loaned you this money? No. Okay, then. So what? That means they didn't report it to the IRS. None of them ever send you, and they said they loan you money, and you're supposed to be paying because what? I borrowed the money from them. Well, wait a minute. How come you did every transaction is taxable? So why aren't you reporting it to the IRS at the end of the year? I loan Myron $250,000 for his house, or I loan Myron $30,000 for his car. I loaned my student loan for $80,000 to go to school. I don't see no statement at the end of the year where they're telling the IRS that they bought loan me this money. They never loaned it to you. You already, It came out of your estate in the first place, and they're not even filing taxes on it. So all I'm saying is this is the time of season now that you can do the OID and tell them, attaching the bill to it, so they can't question that this is made up amount. No, I got my credit report. I highlighted which what what is I'm putting the OID because I think it's like two OID two OIDs on each form. IRS form there's two OIDs. So you're gonna highlight which one is going to this company and highlight because all of the ones you highlight is the ones you send it to the IRS. 
you're going to be mm-hmm. giving the people their carbon copy. You're going to give them their carbon copy. So you letting them know you're getting screwed. Somebody's going to be knocking on your door. I bet you these folks will stop doing this third-party debt collector coming after folks when they start seeing that they have to pay the money. Because I just don't have the money. They don't have it. They kept it. They're going to ask you to get it out of your account and give it to Mr. Rice or Ms. Calhoun. They're going to ask you them to, you need to give up that money that's in your account because you went and told the court, you told the credit bureau that this is what was owed to you. Even though you never had a contract with them, this is what they're saying. Well, the hell with you now. I'm sorry. I'm going to say thank you for assuming that we had an agreement, and I assume the reported on the taxes, so we can assume that they don't come after that money in your bank account, and you paying the original amount. So now you you might have paid ten, 10 pennies to the dollar to get this account, but they're going all the way back to the day you got it, because that's what your credit report says, what it was initially and the date it was opened. They're going to have a fit. If people start doing it, they will have a fit. I dream this up. I, it was in my, the whole thing was in my dream. God knows how to mm-hmm. talk to me. I'm telling you, folks. And anyone, yeah, else, talk please go, go, get the call in. Yeah, get the call in. Because this is, I want criticism. Please tell me what you see is wrong. Go ahead. You said it's a call? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um Five six one. You have another question. Yes, I do. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes, we can. Um, Mr. Rice. Yes, um, I paid off my car. <laughs> so can I claim anything back? Yes, you got they You you paid off the car, but they still took some money out of your estate. So. If you pay something off, just like your house people, you pay off your house, your car, they're supposed to give you the promissory note back. It's an IOU that you was owing. Well, if you paid it off, how come you're not getting the IOU back? Because once you get that uh, promissory note back, whatever you signed for at the beginning comes back to you, then you have to file an OID on that and get all your money back. The car was paid for before you put the first penny on it. But you got to ask them. Send me the original contract back because I paid it off. And you have to have something that says you owe them the money. And once it gets paid off, whatever that something is, you want it back so that you can file it on your taxes and get paid for it. Hmm. People are losing money. You got a $250,000 house, you just paid it off. And you didn't ask for the uh, IOU. Matter of fact, I have lessons from, you know, people with money. Before they made the last payment, they said, I want to meet you at the bank. I will give you the last payment, and you give me my IOU, my promissory note, in exchange. Because that's how people, well, if you don't get that promissory note, I have heard where they actually, you paid it off. Somebody else later came and said, you owe us because we got the note. They got to know from somebody else or gave it to someone else who came after you and proof that you owe. So you better get back what's yours. You know, you go to Loan Shark and they keep a piece of paper on you and you pay them off with a Loan Shark. He's going to give you that piece of paper, right? Yes, that's that's true. Mm-hmm. 
But they don't have yeah. the whole idea. Get back. Most, most of the mortgage people most of the mortgage people don't have it. They be done sold it. Well they they're not supposed to. And that is look at international uh, law. UCC nine nine dash one oh two number sixty five. UCC nine dash one oh two number sixty five. It says a promissory note is evidence of a debt. So if they sit there and say, oh, we don't have a note, we lost a note, or whatever excuse they have, then I am, I'm not paying you another penny. You got a proof of claim that you need a proof of claim that I owe you the money because the evidence of a debt is gone. Read the definition. This is international law. Look at UCC 9-102, number 65, and look up what a promissory note says. It's an evidence of a debt. And if there is any acknowledgement that the bank received money, it is not a note anymore. It's a security. So now you don't have a note anyway. So you're supposed to stop paying. That's why they don't want to give you a note. That's why they don't have the note filed at the register of deeds along with the deed of trust or the mortgage in Michigan. Because if they file it, it'll be showing that it was paid for because a stamp saying pay to the order would be on that note. Because it's called a bearer's bond. And they're mailing, they're giving it to different people who holding it, they signing their name on it. You will see three or four stamps on there and different people signing it where they got paid on your promissory note. Okay, uh, thank people you. Wake up. They'll tell you, I lost it in court. We lost the promise. Well, then, Your Honor, there's no debt because a, a note is a promissory is the evidence of a debt. That's the definition. It ain't a law. That's the definition of a promissory note. It's the evidence of a debt. So if you don't have it, and under Title V, USC 552A, Title V, USC 552A, it deal with agency. And go to E, F, and G. If your signature on anything that these public trustees have, if your autograph is on any of the paperwork, they must give you what you ask for. They must give you what you ask for. That is under the agency uh, title. Did you say that's that's what it's supposed to be? Did you say five five, five, five or five? Uh, you brought a, up. a as an apple. Five five two. Okay. A as an apple, and then go down okay. to E F and G. All right. Okay. Any more callers? We got twelve more minutes. Three two three six four two one five eight six. This is tax time. If you got any questions, ask it. That's the time to ask it. Come You're going to get on. the law so you can go look them up yourself. Someone call in and say, Mr. Rice, you just had a nightmare because you're crazy. You just had a nightmare. <laughs> you didn't have a real dream. <laughs> you just have a nightmare. How am I going to claim all those items on my credit report? Well, if there's anything there and they didn't give you a check for it, then it's, it's federal withholding. So you report it as being debt. 
federal withholding. So line 17 on the 1040, interest income on the 1041. I haven't read the whole stuff on the 1041 to see if they got a, a 1099 line on the 1041. I don't know. Uh, the caller that was just here, he had a 1041 in front of him. Does it have a line that talks about uh, payment? It's called payments. But the point is being that we're not only getting money back for the end of the year, but we're clearing our credit report. We're getting, we're going to get better credit reports. That's the sweet part about it. And you're taking care of it on the private side. So they can't do a damn thing about it. Nothing. Nothing. No calling? I can't believe it. Well, then I, I, I explained it real well. Folks uh, just said you had a nightmare and we're not even going to listen to you. <laughs> Hang up. You know, I don't get it. I, I don't I get it. I, I like think. It. Say again? I think you explained it good because I get it. Yeah. Well, that's good because. You might have a if you got a lot of stuff on your credit report, you 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 at least you know how many of those OIDs you got to order. <laughs> and remember, all the OIDs have to be filed with a 1096. Okay, so and you're gonna be putting the total amount on a 1096 of what all those OIDs add up to. Now, what about the 1040Z? We don't have to do nothing with that, do we? No, that's a voucher. That's when you send something into that's the treasurer. But okay. we, okay. yeah, you know, it. Yeah, but when we send it, when we send a coupon back and we put a dollar stamp on there, we actually sending them a check. We don't have to send a voucher. We sending them a okay. check, and okay. with a with a dollar stamp on there to pay because it's worth gold. So we're paying the whole debt off with the dollar stamp, and we're we're making the treasurer. Uh, the fiduciary form fifty six. He's a fiduciary. Just mm-hmm. discharge the debt. Mm-hmm. That, that mm-hmm. particular debt. That particular debt. So a person. But this can is tax season. Dis- remember. Yeah. Go ahead, Mr. Rice. Go ahead. No. 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 Go ahead. I was just summing something. Well, up. I was just gonna say a person can. Instead of doing this every month, you know, because you can do your utility bills, your phone, all your bills, you could do it like that, or you could wait till this time of year and just write what you paid the whole year, what you paid for your phone the whole year, your utility the whole year. Is that how it works? You could OID it? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you wanna I would want to OID the bank. Not the utilities, not the gas light, because those are private corporations go- and they could decide, oh, I don't want to do okay. that. But you just do the bank that you're paying for. Consolidate it okay. or be more efficient and do it under one bank account and then OID the bank account. The these co- okay. companies don't know nothing about that. Exactly. Okay. Then that'll take care of all the bills. You, every bill you paying because you're yeah. paying it through well, your bank account. Okay. Anyway, and but what you also need to do is to notify them at the same time that you are the creditor, you are the owner, and pretty soon they will. When you do make a payment, 
they will be in three months. What well, they'll be sending them back to you until they go until they decide that they're going to quit billing you because they know they got to send it back to you. Because that's what it says on the publication twelve. And and to let you the listeners know that you are correct, we have a a listener that listens all the time. She pays no bills. She has no. She pays no utility bills. None of that. Yeah, because she doesn't know who the owner is. Publication twelve twelve yeah. is behind the scenes of what they they what they're doing. You know, that's that's what publication twelve twelve, and they gave it back to you when they say you are the recipient on the second OID and that they are the payer. So they're paying you. So, but you still even after that is done because if they send you a check and I know. Uh, what's his name? Free inhabitants that be on YouTube. He gets a check. Mm-hmm. He gets a check every month. So he apparently, he apparently said, I don't want OID. Give me a check. You can do a modification called a standard form 30 and pretty soon and modify the contract where you can get a check instead of them, you know, sending you the OID at the end of the year. He gets a check. But it, it's way they you could do it. But deal. even if you get money, yeah, he, well, he, he gets a check. They give him a check instead of, but still, you have to think about it. If he's getting a check, the question is, how is he zeroing the debt now? Somebody still, he still got to zero the debt. Mm-hmm. He still got to report it to the IRS and zero the debt. They're giving him a check, so his account is still unbalanced. Somehow he has to assess that account and put the put the funds back in. His 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 estate and balances to zero. Otherwise, the IRS is going to come after him again, saying you still owe us. You took the money and went and bought you something and you put a deposit in the bank and bought you some stuff, but you didn't assess the account and put it to zero. So the OID lets them know that you want to put it to zero. But when you get a check okay. like he did, you know then then you're going to have to uh, figure out uh, how, to, how, how to zero it, taking a coupon and mailing it to the treasurer or whatever, and say, from now on, please zero my debt for me. Mm. Okay. Well, we're down to five minutes, Mr. Rice. You, you uh, have any final say-so and give out your uh, information that people can contact you? Okay, again, uh, Rice Tech 6557, um, and um, in Skype, that's my uh, Skype ID. And let me tell you, folks, and this is something I've been experiencing because they uh, it, it's not an hour after I hang up on the call, folks want to Skype me with questions. I'm not going to be answering questions when you could have called in and asked it on the show. Your questions are not something that's new under the sun. Someone else has the same problem you have. I don't have time to keep repeating myself over and over and over and over and over. Instead of you calling in and doing like these two calls we had and and expressing what it is you want. Because I'm pretty sure that these questions that was given, somebody learned something from their question. Let us learn from you. Ask the question. Let me try to answer it. And guess what? It's free. It's all free. So what are you complaining mm-hmm. about? 
But you want me to use my time. Yeah, and you but you want me to use my time and you know. And oh yeah, so you might donate a little this, but believe me, what you donate is a scratch on the surface of what is actually what you would have to charge someone else, a a, a lawyer, or attorney, or somebody else, who who you ask that same question to. So don't get all mad if I don't want to answer your questions on Skype. But I have this show. I'm trying to educate folks here. So I brought something brand new. Brand new to the table. At least I never heard anybody who talked about doing your credit report by filing 1099 OIDs on it. But Assess it makes it sense. That. And see, yeah. And I, because I, I told you what that those funds are. Those are federal withholding funds. They were taken from your estate. Federal withholding that uh, interest income. Or labor, not, well, they're not labor because you didn't do no labor for that. So it's interest income, 26 U.S.C. 6049. OIDs is interest income. Interest is what comes out of your estate. And it's so weird how they use the same word for interest as they use in your savings account that they're giving you 0.20%. No, that's not the same. That is not the same. It's now, did you same. say, did you say tips are not interest, right? Income. No, that's a game. That came right. out of somebody okay. else's that's pocket. Okay. It's called capital gain, profit. Your job, you put in time, people. You put in labor. They they they're putting wages and income as if you got some you made a profit in your job and you put in a number one on that ten forty and then they got all these deductions where you trying to go down to a lower tax bracket with what came out of your account in the first place and then anyone understand that from the gross that you have on that line one to the net that you might have down there line fifteen or whatever what happened to that money in the middle. What happened to that money that from the gross and your deductions till you get to the net? Where where those funds go to? Did they go in thin air? Did they just disappear? Or did the IRS collect it? Someone's collecting those funds. You might be low in your account, but you you putting a gain on somebody else's account. Everything's a check and balance, people. If you take away from here, somebody else is gaining it somewhere else. That is how the accounting system works. There's a ledger. It's got two sides. One loses, one gain. In the stock market, you got you go you buy a stock and someone does a a, a put. You know where they say the stock is going to go down because you said the stock is going to go up. There is a balance even in the market. Options, we have another caller. Okay, go ahead, caller. All right, seven zero four seven seven five. 704. Hello. Yes. Hello. Hi. Hi, Mr. Myers. This is Robin. Hi. Hi, Beverly. Hi. I'm sorry I catch I've been listening. You know, I've been taking notes, Mr. Myers, listening to everything you said. But I just want to reiterate uh, what about the forms that we need to send in to, to get this money back. 
So we need a 1096, um, a 1099 OID, and a 1040 starting at line 17. No. That's where you would put the numbers at. That's where the sum. No. She, 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 she the numbers go. Remember, everything you do, everything you OID. Yeah, Hello? you have to order. You got to order those forms from the IRS. The, not the 1096. Yeah. Hello, can you hear me? I hear you. Hello. Hello. She Hello. Okay, yeah, she the 1096. She hear you. Okay. The 1096, the uh, 1099-OID, and the 1099-A, you must order that from the IRS. I'm sorry I don't have the number in front of me, but you must order those forms from the IRS. The 1040, you can get that online or any tax office, or I think banks used to have those forms as well. But you need uh, to, to do that and I'll get a copy of your credit report. And you need to get the wages and income statement from the IRS so you find out how many people say they gave you funds that has to be reported to them. And the reason okay. for that, because if you are making a lot of money and you miss one, just one, they can get mad and say tax evasion because you didn't report this one. And that one might be $25 you got because you cut your neighbor's grass and he gave you $25, but he wrote it, he sent it in to the IRS as being uh, landscaping or something. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So okay. getting, the, getting the wages and income, getting the wages and income statement, you have a head up. Matter of fact, I know one guy, he went and got a wages and income statement, and he didn't have nobody in there. No one filed it because, in other words, he got paid under the table the whole year because he had money. He was making money, but nobody claimed it to the IRS. So, in other words, he got paid under the table. So, you can't report what no one said that they gave you. If you do, you're foolish. They, they want you to do that, but you'll you be a fool to do that. If okay. somebody don't want to claim what they, what they gave you, then it ain't up to you to sit there and say, hey, well, he gave me money. So, what? Yeah, that's that's crazy. Okay. Okay. You said the OID, the bank, or where you pay your utility companies. Um, would you send a statement for yeah. every month? No. I would wait. That's a waste of time. OID is a bank, not the utility. Don't even touch them because they can cut you off because they're private. But you make payments to the bank. You write checks off of a bank account or debit account at the bank. So you do the bank at the end of the year. Or if you want to do your taxes quarterly, you can. If you want the money earlier, or you could do it annually, semi-annually, every six months. But you do the bank. Don't be messing with the utility. You don't want them to cut you off because they're private and they're not going to want that. But what you will send to them is when you send in your payment, you may want to send them a 1099-A saying that you are the borrower, the lender, and they are the borrower. So it's like you letting them know who the creditor is. Okay. When you say and do the maybe bank, one day, but you say when you say do the bank, you send a statement from each month with that 1099-A to the IRS. You sum it all up. Get you a get you a spreadsheet. You know, Quicken or some Excel. And you total the amount up because every bank statement 
they tell you how uh, on the first sheet they give you a summary of how many checks you wrote, how many uh, uh, checks you deposit. All those things are all ideable, and you sum them okay. all up at the end of the year. So I was, you get you a spreadsheet and create a nice spreadsheet and, or a quicken or some kind something that you can total it up so you know how, what to do. For. Okay. A lot of the banks, a lot of the banks will give that to you. They might charge you a little fee, but they'll give you all that uh, print out. Okay. Okay. I'm just trying to get the the, 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 the main the main forms. I'm trying to get the main forms so I know what to send in. Because believe me, I'm going to do it because I want to be free. <laughs> well, it's not about being free, but it is about reporting correctly. See, we yeah. don't report it correctly. We report it as a slave. You would need to be doing it as a creditor. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. You need to file okay. as a creditor. You have to, yeah. That's what that's what you're doing. You're filing as a creditor, and creditors get their money back. That's what creditors do because everything has been prepaid. So anything that come out of your pocket, you're supposed to get it all back 100%. Now, you think about it. If you had a $50,000 job and they paid you all year, and then at the end of the year they give you a W-2, and you correct that W-2 as being a labor and not wages, now – that means you you got a hundred thousand dollars, and then you deposit all those fifty thousand those checks you deposited in the bank, and so that would be a hundred and fifty thousand dollars that you put in the bank, and then you debit everything and you broke at the end of the year. So all those checks you wrote and the debits you have would total up another fifty. Now you got two hundred thousand dollars that you're filing on OIDs. Can you all see mm. what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Mm. My goodness. So, so two hundred fifty ain't nothing. That's what I'm saying. It's really not that nothing. And I was just using a a fifty thousand dollar job. But I'm just saying, you got paid fifty. You deposit fifty in the bank. So that's automatically going to get you a uh, hundred. But you take. You're the W-2 that has a $50,000 on the W-2, you using the W-2C and converted to labor. So that's another 150 that you're adding on to your account. And then you debit and you wrote checks for $150,000 that you put in the bank. So that's another 50000 That's 200000 right there, easy. And it's probably some other things that you might have got, you know, um, that you could claim. Mm. You know, car note, house note, other OIDs, credit card, mm-hmm. all these. Are, I'm just adding things that you could easily have a pretty good half a million dollars, which is why you want to start looking at a 709 so you can go back some years and kick butt. Mm-hmm. Okay, Mr. Rice, thank you so Do much. You understand the math? Did, you, did you understand the math I was just doing? Yeah, you really understand what I'm saying. I'm just trying to take it in. I could talk. <laughs> yeah, and I but and you know, I talk slowly caller, if I have to talk. Slowly. But caller, you can also go back and listen to the show. Listen to it a couple of times. Oh yeah, you'll get a full graph of it. Oh, I do. I listen to it three Which or four is the times. I... Okay. Yeah. 
which is why I talk a little fast because I want to make sure everything is there for you to go back and play it back and listen to it and and see what I'm saying and look up the rules and the laws that deal with it. These credit these credit are serious. These credit reports are serious with folks. Half black folks cannot go get loans because their credit report is under you know five hundred and stuff five fifty. Mm-hmm. Well, we're talking mm-hmm. how to settle that credit report. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Thank okay. you, Thank you, Thank you okay. Myron. All right. All right. You're you. welcome. Okay, well, Mr. Rice. So, a lot of good information. Put... No, I don't yeah. see any other hands. We might right? be... Anybody on, the, on your uh, what is it your your anybody on your board? Uh, let me see. Uh, oh wait a minute, your friend got another call. He got another question, Mister Jamaican. Is this you? That's me. Yes, it is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, Go ahead. okay. Do you have to to do all of this? You know to um. Uh, do the DOID, do I have to have my um, birth certificate authenticated? No, no. Okay. We just, we just, we just, you just, everyone has to file taxes. Now, it has nothing to do with that. Although, again, you need to file it under a a state or a trust. You don't file this stuff under your name. So there's nobody knocking on your door. So you create you a trust, and I call it tax trust. Call it Jamaica's tax trust. You know, so you file taxes under that, and you put all your income that you did underneath that. Okay. Now I would suggest again that uh they have programs that will probably possibly help you to do this real easy. You know, uh, tax tax cut, turbo tax. I don't know if they use uh, uh, 1041s, but, like, again, if you're going to do a 1040, then don't be at the top, you know, talking about how many kids you got that y'all living in a shoe and all this other stuff but to get down to a lower tax bracket. Just start at line 17 and say, hey, federal withholding. It says federal income withheld. All those credit reports are federal withholding. Because they didn't give you a check. Okay. If they had given right. you a check, then it's not. It wasn't withheld. Okay. See, I don't think anyone look at that like that. I'm trying to put a new twist on what is being held. Whether those amounts those amounts came out of your account, they're federal. They're being held. Uh, let's let's get let's call them what they are. You know. Let's call them what they are. They quack like a duck, walk like a duck, and they're a duck. The, the part I okay. like about it is that you can screw over these screw. You can screw over these third-party debt collectors. That's what I like about it. Have they really been screwing us? Exactly, messing our credit up and everything. Now, what about student loans? A lot of people have student loans. Okay, you could do, you could OIB yeah. student loan too. 
Right. Once you have it, anything that has an amount on it, unless they gave you a check for that student loan because they took it out of your account, did they give you a check for it? No. Did they report it at the end of the year on your taxes so you can file tax? No. So that's what you're doing. You're paying the taxes on these items that they are not claiming. They are not claiming. Court situation, same thing. Nothing in the court is reported to the IRS. Nothing. All the money they make from the guys in jail and the bonds that they're creating is going in their retirement and their uh, treasury at the court, at the court itself. It never used to pay off the public debt and all the things it's supposed to do. So squeal on them guys in jail. 1099 LTC, give it to the warden. Long-term care, you're taking care of me. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> Next. <laughs> that, that throw them out of that end. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. I mean, this and is it really I'm on mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying, I, Go I, ahead. I, there are people who done it, and they out. Mm-hmm. They got paid mm-hmm. for every day they was in jail. Mm-hmm. They getting paid. Yeah. Okay. Well, Mr. Rice, thank you so we much. We missed you. A lot of good, huh? A lot of good information. Okay. Yeah, we missed you this morning. You know, I you know why? Uh, we'll talk off the off the air. I'll, we I got to make some All right. kind of arrangement. Peace and love. Okay. Okay. Peace and love, everyone. All right. Uh, join me. T- thank you, Mr. Rice. Join me tomorrow. I'll be back at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time with uh, Dr. Robert X. Okay, everyone. Uh, This is time for us to wake up. Wake
the color Everybody We need each other Wake up everybody No more sleeping in bed No more backward thinking Time of thinking ahead Wake up all your teachers Start to teach a new way They're the ones that suffer Each and every day Teach the children Teach the babies Teach the children Spark innovation across your federal agency with IT hardware, software, and services from Connection Public Sector Solutions. Your technology procurement challenges will meet their match as Connection's dedicated account managers offer exceptional customer service, and our extensive list of supported federal contracts means you'll always get a price that works for your budget. Learn more about innovation for your agency with Connection Public Sector Solutions at connection.com fedcontracts. Here's three great reasons to get the new Samsung Galaxy S21 5G at T-Mobile. One, it's free for both current and new customers when you trade in an eligible device. Two, T-Mobile's the leader in 5G coverage. So, three, you can unleash 5G speeds in more places with your new phone. Get the new Galaxy S21 free at T-Mobile, the leader in 5G coverage. Phone via 24-monthly bill credits plus tax. If you cancel credit, stop and balance on required finance agreement may be due. Contact us. Qualifying credit and consumer plan required. See details at T-Mobile.com. 